this is your captain speaking. We are approaching to land, so if you would please find your seats and put your seat belts on, and we'll be down shortly. Or don't, because to be perfectly honest, I really don't care if you bang your head into the ceiling. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Pilot's Lounge from FS Elite. I'm Timothy Thomas, and joining me as co-host today is Patrick Moore. And unlike last time, we don't have Jordan Green with us. Uh, This time we are joined by someone else from FS Elite. Mr. Don? Ah, yes, yes. Um, I decided to join the podcast for one evening. Um, I'm in the Europe, in, in Europe, so uh, usually it's pretty hard for me to join because you guys recorded at impossible times for me. Actually, it's still a pretty impossible time impossible for me, but it's a weekend time. now. It's a weekend what time now, is so it there can, for the so viewers or listeners? Uh, for listeners, it's um, I am in Zulu time plus one. So, so it's 03. It's 03, yes. 3.31, actually. Mm. That is late. Or early. It's pretty late. Or early, yes. <laughs> we'll try it. Well, there's really not much on the list since... Uh, apologies to the listeners. We we wanted to have this be regular, but the holidays, they are a bitch. <laughs> so... <Yes. laughs> yeah. It did, holiday recording did not work out for anyone involved. It It, is, it was a real mess. But hopefully we can get it being regular now. But because of that, everything we had on the list is sadly out of date now. So we really don't have much to talk about now. Well, I think what we should start with is since um, Dan here is new, let's just say, what do you do for FS Elite, Dan? What I do for FS Elite? uh, I do a lot of things for FS Elite. Actually, I just write articles. That's what I enjoy doing most. I write a lot of news articles, so you probably have read one or two of mine if you visit FS Elite often. Um, I write reviews and yeah, I do some things behind the scenes like organ, organize, or, or, organizing things, sorry, but um, my main thing is just writing. Hmm. So you're the, we can just brand you off as the news guy. He does most of the news stuff. <laughs> He's the I guy. I do who, write a lot of news, yes. He's the news with, anchor. I'm mostly the editorial dude. That's what I'm. I'm not gonna at. say I'm the news anchor. There's a lot of other writers, of course. But yeah, I we do write a lot of news. We do. I think we need to organize and say you do primarily this. That might help us a bit, but whatever. Yeah. I do mostly editorial work anyway. I'm a uh, video dude. Yeah, <laughs> my videos are sort of separate from FS Elite. But uh, you guys know me and um, uh, Patrick here, so. Uh, real quick, the first thing I want to mention, just because this was so timely, and I know this was not on the list, uh, I would like to express condolences for uh, Tom Schrodner's family and friends. Uh, Tom Schrodner is one of the founders of VatSim, who sadly passed away recently. Now, we just found that out Thursday, so yesterday. Uh, I think I think it would, it would be a, a miss if we didn't say anything about that, so... Condolences to his friends and family. It's a sad time. Now, was VatSim the very first network? No. For this, or they had a previous name to it? Okay, so story time. Way back in the early 90s, there was a, a network called Satco. And it was ran by the people of VatSim and Iveo. Uh some time went, they had a disagreement. God knows what it was about. Uh, I think it was mostly just grown men acting like children. And they split into Vatsim and Iveo, and that's how it is now. 
Now you have Vatsim, Iveo, and Pilot Edge, which I usually use Vatsim and Iveo interchangeably because having flown on both networks, they are a carbon copy. <laughs> they are exactly the same. Oh, okay. And then, of course, Pilot Edge is the paid network and vastly better, but you are paying for it. <laughs> That's my opinion anyway. All right, so... Patrick, the first thing we want to do on the list is the the 717 from TFDI, which I know, Patrick, you actually have been playing around with. So uh, what do you have to say on that? Yeah, I've had it for about a week. It came out on the 22nd, three days before Christmas. Um, Ryan Perry is working on the written review right now, and I'm working on the video. So every day I've been spending about two to three hours um, gathering different footage, started with stuff on the ground, the... uh, taking off. I got all kinds of different camera angles. It's, it's going to be pretty good once it's done. Um, I've really enjoyed flying it. Um, had to do a lot of studying up to uh, get the hang of it, watch some videos. The, the um, documents that come with it aren't very good. Um, it's a little buggy in some areas with like the flight director, um, the FMS does, or the CDU. I forgot. Yeah, the CDU. I think they refer to it as that in that plane. is a little messed up in some areas, but they're supposed to fix all this with the first update, which is coming out. Um, Let's see. They're going to be resolving more CTDs, improved stability, improving the magenta line performance, which I think that's that's a big one that I've been having problems with. Uh, Improving the FMS speed, and then um, take out the auto throttle system stability improvements, and then they're also uh, updating the exterior model and then releasing a paint kit so that more liveries can come out. I think they only have about three or four out right now. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. I, I read some someone on, on, on Facebook pointed pointed out that um, they haven't released a paint kit yet because they want to make some exterior changes first. As yes, soon as they've correct. done that, they uh, they'll release the paint kit and people can can get started creating their own liveries. Because I think yeah. right now there's the Hawaiian livery that I've seen everyone fly. The Delta, and uh, I believe there's one or maybe two uh, TFDI-owned uh, liveries, right? Yeah, there's a there's one TFDI that I know of, and then um, I forgot the other airline they're using. But yeah, Delta and uh, Hawaiian Air. I have both of those right now. Um, really love the Hawaiian Air one. So I've done flights around Atlanta and oh, uh, nice. Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, dogs barking. But hey, that's that's a part of this podcast. We're not we're not professional enough to have a studio so we can't we gotta deal with this <laughs> one pretty hard because then i have to fly over to you guys <laughs> <laughs> i know i was in because i've been wanting there there's the 717 has just been a plane that has just been ignored by both payware and freeware guys until now which was real sad considering delta flies that 717 like it's going out of style in atlanta it's they have a <laughs> yeah. lot of flights out of atlanta with that plane which uh for a while, I think a lot of their 717s weren't RNAV equipped. They were old-fashioned. I think most of them are RNAV now, though. I think. Don't quote me on that. I do know they do have non, non-RNAV planes, though. So Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, well. I was kind of hoping but, it wouldn't have RNAV equipment, to be perfectly honest. Or it would be an option to disable it. It'll be much better once the update comes out. Because I noticed the path it draws on a couple of flights I've done, it just, like, it doesn't follow the waypoints correctly, and the plane wants to leave the path a little bit to get to another waypoint. It does some weird stuff that I don't think it's supposed to do, and uh, I don't think it's my fault. I think it has to do with that magenta line performance that they're talking about. Interesting. I do have a question. That tablet, 
that's in it. How the heck does that? What is that? What does that do? How's it work? Oh, I love that tablet. I wish we actually did a video on that, didn't you? Yeah, well, I did a I did a tutorial on how to add deliveries and then how to add things to the tablet. Now, the tablet has um, I tried adding PDFs; they don't load in, but PNGs do. And so, what I've been doing is just downloading the charts that I need and stealing clips off Skyvector and uh, going to Photoshop, turn them into PNGs, bring them over to the folder, and then you can load them up on the tablet. So you can look at the charts and everything. Um, also from that tablet, you control everything on the plane, uh, opening the doors. Um, that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. Opening the doors. It also gives you your weight and balance information. And then it also gives you three options to set it up as a, uh, as a cold, cold and dark setup. Um, already started, well, already ready to go without the engine started and then ready to fly. You have those three options. Can you, uh, say so it really works like you can see the thing is. You know, like with the PMDG, you can save, and then when you load it in, it's, you know, the plane is where it was, and then the settings are the same way. With this, it only saves the settings. Uh, so that's, that's really what I was wanting to know. Can you save the panel state? You can't, well, the thing is it leaves it, it leaves the aircraft the way it was when you close Prepare 3D. So if you're at cruise, okay. so and, it's then like you load, and, you, and then it crashes, and you load it back in, I mean, if the program crashes, not the plane, and you uh, load it back up, and you're on the ground. It, it's going to be in the same state that it was at cruise. So that's a little annoying. I don't know yet. There's options to turn off, so it doesn't do that. And I don't know if that makes it to where if you save it, then uh, it goes by what your what prepare or FSX is saving it as. I'm not sure. Interesting. See, that's what I really wanted to know. Like, I was assuming that that would be used for controlling the things that you would normally control through the FMS on something like PMDG? Yeah, it works a little differently. It just and I don't really I don't really know how I feel about it. If I just don't like that it keeps it keeps everything the same way. I, I like the way it works with the PMDG where you save it actually in the sim and it stays that way. This is kind of different. Hmm. It sounds like uh that's how A2A does their stuff. It it'll sort of carry over the way it was when you last left the sim. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Or game, just to tick some people off. <laughs> <laughs> I know, sometimes you got to be careful. I liked your article about that, by the way. You did? I yes, it was a good read. I've read the... I released that as a terrible time. Because <laughs> it was like right before Christmas. And I have since gone back and read the comments on it. Because uh, you guys pestered me on Skype about something. And I was sitting here thinking, what, where comments where are y'all seeing these comments because <laughs> like, was... there was only three on the actual article one from a guy who agreed with me one from a guy wanting to draw arbitrary and subjective line and another guy uh, who i assume is donald trump so it was a bit oh. weird <laughs> people get ridiculous with it I, I remember i left a comment on youtube and i wasn't even really referring to it as a game i just said i, I don't remember the, what the context was but i was saying like oh basically like this piece of software or whatever is is going to change the game and i meant i meant you know like the figure of speech like yeah, changing the flight the game, yeah. and he's, mm -hmm. he's they comment back like you know this isn't a game and all this blah 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 i'm like first of all i wasn't even referring, even referring to it that to way, it that but, way. <laughs> and secondly what you put like when you you stated it by definition what a, a game is or as you know i thought that was that was good i, I really did not definitions are a real pain because like there's a video on youtube somewhere about definitions and how they can differ from person to person 
It's like the the in fact flight is a great example of this. Uh, how do you define flight? Like, what's your definition of flight? Uh, one person may argue that a whale is a flying mammal because he believes flight is any time you're not in regular contact with solid ground, and you end up with bat whales with that definition. So yeah, personal definitions can vary. I I, I sometimes hate having to quote a dictionary, but sometimes you got to. You got to draw a line somewhere. I, I it's, yeah. it's definitely an interesting discussion, and and the the people are so enamored. So, sorry. Enamored. They're so enamored with it. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they exactly. take offense. Like they yes, seriously exactly. take offense to it. They seriously take offense. Yes, and that's what that's that's what amazes me the most. Every time I see this discussion anywhere, it, some people are like, some people really don't care what it is, and and those people are often nice. Caught, caught in between because you have two <laughs> camps and one camp is like this is a game and treated as as such and there's these these people that are like no this is not a game how dare you and then there's this group in the middle and they're like i really don't care and then everyone's be like gonna be like you're wrong for not having an opinion on this that's what happened to me a few times well what when jordan jordan uh, patrick when we did our live stream like we were we were not anywhere close to serious through most of it but towards the end we really started screwing around it basically yeah. turned into a competition of how many alarms can you set off at once. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I think you need to take time and do that every once in a while. You know, be silly with it. Have fun with it. Or, or yeah. fly in conditions that you really wouldn't fly in. People are always like, you know, I'll do a fly and then they're, they're like, you know, actually, like, I've never seen anybody usually don't fly into this runway. And I'm like, well, why not? If it's a runway that you can rarely fly into, then you yeah. might as well try it. It's a sim. You have the chance to do things like that. Um, um, this is one know. reason why I love FSX over other Sims is because you can do that with little to no consequence. Uh, one feature that I would love to see in simulators, but you will probably never see, is it would matter what type of runway you landed on, not just uh, not just length, but also surface type and weight bearing stuff. In uh, in mm-hmm. in real life, it does matter, and the only one that comes close is DCS World, where if you're flying the jets, you really do want to land on hard surface. Otherwise, your landing gear goes bye-bye. But uh, I don't... The only time it matters in FSX is the surface type, and that really only affects the friction of the wheels on the ground, and not even that much. So I would love to see that as an option, but I also don't care sometimes, and I will land my 737 on a gravel runway. Oh, I don't even mean that bad. I mean, I mean... I guess I could understand people's complaint with that, but I'm just talking like a runway that you wouldn't normally... Yeah. Like San Diego, coming in on 9 instead of, uh, what is it, 2-7? 2-7 would be opposite of 9, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which they do run operations on 9 sometimes, so it's not, you know... When they completely have to. Cool. But people get uptight about that thing, too. Like, uh, to do that. But it's okay. It's just... I think it... my the thing I wanted to drive home was it doesn't matter, and... I use the I use terms games and simulation simu the games and simulator interchangeably. Okay, what the heck is going on outside? Oh, that's thunder. It's pouring rain outside for me. <laughs> I was wondering what the heck that noise was. Hmm. I hope I don't lose power. That would be very bad since I'm the only one recording. So that was that. Uh, Orbex had a bit of a kerfuffle recently. Did anyone see this? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think just right before the new year set in, 
they released their roadmap for 2017, and they were talking about all these these super cool super cool projects. Um, Project X, for instance, and there was uh, help me out, guys. There were a few I other ones. I didn't Project, even look at. I was so busy. Project P, Project A, something like that. All these kinds of all these kinds of code names, and everyone was guessing as to what it was. Then a few of them got <laughs> got pretty pretty soon. People discovered what a few of them were. I believe Project A was Aerofly, which is a very lightweight sim, and yeah. I believe it oh, has yes. a very small user base. But anyway, Orbix is doing some stuff for that. Uh, there's also some. I mean, we've 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 written articles about it ourselves about P3D coming in 46 bits, 64, right? So everyone's assuming that that there's going to be 64-bit um, Orbix something, whether that be land class textures or installers for nobody That's knows. But what I'm pretty. That... But but then all of a sudden everyone's like, okay, Project X, Orbix is working on something for X-Plane, which is really cool because previously Orbix had stated that they didn't want to do that. And then literally a few weeks later, and only a few weeks later, later they announced that they're suddenly stopping with Project X, which was X-Plane scenery indeed. Right, and they were they were ninety eight percent complete. I see here. Yes, with uh, exactly, which was a week. Why would you stop if that you're practically in the testing phases then? So. Nobody knows. That's the thing. Nobody knows. Orbix gave uh, an explanation on the forum. Uh, John Venema did. You know, it was a it was a a business explanation. How do you say that? It didn't really give us any answers as to what was the actual reason that that they stopped it. I did read this very funny rumor somewhere. I'm not entirely sure where, but apparently uh, in the past, um, uh, John Venema from from Orbex made some less than positive remarks about explaining. And the X-Plane developer, uh, what's his name again? Austin Meyer? Austin Meyer. Meyer? I, I, yeah, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Oscar he made Meyer. some some um, <laughs> <laughs> he made some comments about Orbex suddenly having a change of mind, and then there were some rumors going around that that Orbex didn't particularly like that, and then they just dropped support for X-Plane all of a sudden. If they, I guess the real reason we can only guess as to what that is, but I really don't understand if they were coming along so far with how everything was working. Yeah, like ninety eight percent done is pretty much done. I would have personally just kept going if if it's true that they were that far done. I mean, by now you've invested so much time and money into this. I mean, why not just take a leap of faith and see where it ends up? Even they were working on uh, KCJGX uh, Megsfield in Chicago. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's already ninety eight percent done, why just not finish even just this one scenery and and see how the X Plane crowd uh, responds yeah. to it. Right? I, I guess all they had left was the animated characters. That was it. The rest was ready to go for X Plane ten or eleven. Yes, that's the Orbix Orbix flow. Yes, I'm pretty sure that either people could have done without the Orbix flow, even though I do admit it's a very cool feature that Orbix has and it performs really amazing. Um, or or something. I just don't see why you'd have to suddenly have to can a whole a whole product or maybe a product line even that they were talking about. It yeah. wouldn't make sense. I have this little theory that part of the problem we have with flight simming world stuff is uh, a lot of the developers aren't really businessmen. They're hobbyists. And you have companies built out of hobbyists versus companies built out of people who are just really there for the money. And there's pros and cons to each, but I t is it bad that I typically trust the uh, the business side of it? Because I it, let's just assume for the sake of the argument, real quick, that the ninety eight percent thing was true. 
it would not make any business sense at all to just drop that. If you're that far done, you're pretty much you're committed at that point. I mean, that's that's guessing for us. In in my, I mean, I'm not with Orbex. I I don't know what their what their decision was, what led to this. But when I see, I mean, everything that I've read, and then especially with the 98%, I'm like, okay, so from everything that I know thus far, it would be a logical business decision to even finish to just finish this scenery and just see how it goes but apparently there were some really heavy heavy things tending against that see like, the thing i wanted to band. say was uh if it is a business decision then there's no way they were 98 percent done and that was a lie or or was that just a rumor i can't remember no, all we got no no, no that's, that's that's what that's what uh john venema said okay, himself so. on, on the forums that's a quote then they were 98 percent yes so that's a that, quote. From a, if it's a business built of hobbyists, then yeah, that that I could see that happening a lot. But a business built for businessmen, no, that makes no sense at all. So it's and it's and, the and thing. I'm 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 just I got the I've got the article right in right right here in front of me, and even because right now indeed the animated characters weren't working, but he even said we probably would have made that been able to work uh, sometime sooner or later, you know. So. It was pretty much done, or it would have been done with just a little bit more time and, and, and effort. That is weird as heck, then. Because yeah. not only are they yeah. saying they're 98% done, they're saying they should be done completely inside of a week or two. It That's weird. Yeah. That there's something... I mean, what, what would it have hurt just to push that out? Even if you don't continue to produce any more scenery for X-Plane, at least push the one out that you had done. I mean, what about all the hours and time just put on that one? And they can't just transfer that over to uh, the other platforms, can they? Once it's done for X Plane, models, three D models, and animations, uh, they they can just be recompiled into the right format. But other stuff would have to be worked on. So, like with FSX, for example, you'd have to make an AFCAD for it, uh, which is actually pretty simple. Uh, I could probably do it inside of five minutes, but well, inside of thirty minutes. I say five minutes is kind of short, but it can be it can be done relatively simply because there's a guy on the flight sim subreddit who actually does convert sceneries from FSX to X plane. He's done so with Fly Tampa stuff. Um, from oh, nice. from what I he has said, it's um, some of the differences in the sim would be like objects you don't need anymore. So in FSX, you typically do custom lighting. Uh, to get 3D lights and stuff like that. But next plane it handles 3D lights at, out the box, so you just have to remove all the stuff they placed. Uh, it's not everything goes over, but for the most part, you can get 3D models and some animations working. Okay, but but let's let's. I mean, what that guy does, although it's probably pretty cool. I wouldn't know. I don't know how. I I don't I don't know how he does it and how it looks. But that's not really the 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 legal way to go about it, right? I mean, just porting sceneries that other guys have made and then made it make it available for another platform. It's not the way to really go about it. But what is um, also a bit of a shame about Orbix pulling out of X-Plane, uh, you got right now X-Plane 11. Um, it's still in beta, right? It's it's coming out sometime in the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's still they, they have well, not yeah. said anything about the release date, have they? Well, I mean, it's basically like you have access to the whole thing. It's just it's they're still calling it beta. They still haven't answered my question, so I should shut up. Okay, but that aside, I mean, there's not a whole lot of developers, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, for X-Plane. I mean, there's a few, and, and they're definitely, uh, they definitely make good add-ons, and I believe that especially uh, the aircraft 
um, um, developers are are really bringing their their add-ons to to uh, explain. But other than that, there's not a whole lot. Like for prepared, you have uh, Aerosoft, although that's a publisher. But yeah, Aerosoft does have a few explain sceneries, but they're all pretty old, I believe. And you have Orbex, and you have Flight Tampa, and you have Taxi the Gate, and uh, 29 Palms, and there's a whole list of developers that you have for prepared in FSX, right? Yeah. Um, Explain is really missing that list, so there's not a whole lot of developers making sceneries and and whatnot for Explain, as far as I know. So that's also a bit of a shame because Orbex is a big name; it's one of the biggest within the whole the whole flight simming add-on uh, world industry. So it would have been great for Explain to have a name, a developer like Orbex behind it. You know, it would have been. It would have been nice. The the thing they're doing with Aerofly. Does anyone think anything's going to come out of that? Does anyone even I play Aerofly? That X Plane's doing? No, uh, that Orbex is doing. Oh, Orbex. Oh, I don't know. I have to I be guess... honest. I didn't even know what Aerofly was. I had to Google it. <laughs> I had to Google what Aerofly was. <laughs> it's a very lightweight simulator, apparently. I, my opinion on Aerofly is it's great. I just wish I knew who the heck it was for. Because it's, I typically see people say it's for the crowd that doesn't want to do serious simulation. To which I reply, is like, yeah, um, GTA is a thing. <laughs> yeah, but well, we kind of already have that on, on the other platforms and too. Like, you don't have to get a like. You don't have to buy an A two A. You know, plane to get. You know, you don't have to do all that. The the, the planes it comes with are, are already kind of like that. You don't even. <laughs> Half the stuff you need to do just to start it up and use it, you don't have to do mm-hmm. by default. The funny thing about the Aeroflight 2 announcement was they showed a, a screenshot of, I believe it was a Cessna flying behind a big, big skyline. And they were like, yeah, this is running in 4K and what was it, 120 plus FPS. And at first, everyone, <laughs> everyone was like, holy shit, what is this? Because I want this. And then people pretty soon figured out it was Aeroflight 2. And then everyone started to realize, okay, yeah, so it's Aeroflight 2. It, it, it's hardly a simulator. It's so lightweight that you can run things on 4K with 120 plus frame. I mean, try doing that with yeah, Prepared. Yeah, the only other sim that can run, I don't know if it can run 4K, but it can run 120 frames is DCS World. And it, does anyone here play DCS World out of curiosity? A lot of I, my friends do, but I don't. I, I 120 frame rate is fantastic because you really... I was flying the F-15 in DCS World the other day, and it's accelerating down the runway. I was like, it's not just the frame rate, but also like the way the plane behaves as it speeds up. It's like, wow, you really get a sense of speed with this thing <laughs> when you're close to the ground. Which, I mean, FSX and X-Plane you can too, as long as you can get a steady frame rate. But it's just it just feels so much better in DCS World. Like It feels better than... I can't really say much about X-Plane's feeling because when I played it, it I didn't get more than 20 frames per second, and I really can't tell what it felt like at that frame rate. Yeah. But at DCS, it just feels so much better. And for some reason, DCS runs at 120 frames per second until I get on the ground. I don't know what happens, but the second my wheels touch the ground, it's like the frame rate drops down to 60. I don't know why. You know, and I bet the controls are nice at that frame rate. I mean... Everything's nice at that frame rate. Yeah, we need to get you on DCS World so we can live stream trying to fly the TF-51 on that thing. Yeah, let's do that. I, I, hearing you say you can get a frame rate like that, I want to mess around with that. 
The, the thing with DCS World, though, is it looks pretty until you look out the window. <laughs> uh, the ground, I mean, there's mods. There's free mods to make it look better. But, I mean, it still looks gorgeous. But it's just like the real detail is in the vehicles, not the world. But the textures okay. are terrible. <laughs> Every airport looks exactly the same. Mm. Even well, that worse probably explains than, why you can get a frame rate that high. Yeah, even worse than, say... I've noticed like X-Plane airports, if they don't have a an actual modeled one, they, they use sort of a generic airport kind of thing, which, eh, it's ugly. But, because eh, FSX does it a little differently. They try to actually model the airport for the most part correctly, but then use generic buildings for, I mean, because you can't model every airport in the world to HD. That's just beyond the scope of doability. But that really depends on, on which airport you're flying, though, because, I mean, big airports like, uh, let's say, uh, JFK Airport, for instance, they, they have these custom buildings, um, but, yeah. but like small regional airports might only even have a runway and maybe one or two generic buildings. Yeah. From from my experience designing scenery from FSX, it it's actually surprising how accurate it is. Uh, just from, like, airports in my area that you probably never even heard of, and they're still, the buildings are in the right spot, parking spots are where they should be. No, they don't look right, like you might have a hangar where an FBO should be, or vice versa, or the hangar's facing the wrong way, but it's still pretty good, all things considered. Of course, you can make it better if you know how, and it's not even that hard. <laughs> yeah, and now with, they got full wrecks with their... Um... Worldwide airports. Uh, yeah, Worldwide airports thing. That helps a lot. I mean, they have a lot of different hanger choices. Rex needs to... Rex, listen to me for one second here. I love your stuff, but can you please, in the future, come up with... Some, I just want, like... I hate have Like, okay, I have two Rex add-ons. Uh, Essentials plus Overdrive and Rex 4. And sometimes I like to mention mix and match textures from both. I hate having to run both add-ons, though. Both of the um, the programs to pick textures. Can I just get one program for them all? That's all I ask. Yeah, so that's a little bit weird, isn't it? Because they have um, Rex Texture Direct and then the Worldwide Airports. And then if you have Texture Direct installed, Worldwide Airports will actually overwrite those some of those textures and mm -hmm. vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's like... I. I was like, really what is, what is going to happen with Texture Direct? Is that gonna, are they going to get rid of that or... Or are you now supposed to use both of them, you know, next to each other? Or The way I do it is I run Essentials plus Overdrive first and say, okay, I want these textures. Now, in Essentials plus Overdrive, you can, you can only install the whole theme. You can't install individual textures. But then I run Texture Direct, and you can install individual textures with that one. You don't have to install all of them. So then I just pick the ones I want from there. But it's getting to be a real pain in the butt. Uh, just just with two of them. I could. I want to try World uh, Thingy, whatever the heck it is. Uh, because it, it's it's interesting. Like, I'm thinking that was definitely something needed is an upgrade to the generic building textures. Because that's essentially what it is. It's just a generic building texture upgrade. That was something that's needed. But having to run a, a, tech, a selector program like that. Oh, that's going to be a real pain in the butt. Yeah, I've been using both side by side. You're mainly Rex 4 for the clouds and the sky colors. And uh, I use a lot of payware, so I don't normally have to use anything off of uh, Worldwide. 
but I did notice the vehicles <laughs> carry over to the payware. They show up for the um, the tug yes. and all that yeah. stuff. That's that's well, pretty that's nice. That's because the uh, the vehicles are part of FSX. They'll show up whenever there's a gate place there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really need to get GSX because I'm yes, you do so much nicer. GSX, then it will actually disable those vehicles again. Nice. Yeah, it disables pushback globally. But uh, yeah. the lo- the loader and the baggage thing will still appear, but the second you activate GSX on that parking spot, it'll kill them off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty nice, though. But I recognize your problem. I bought Worldwide Airport HD, and I, I, I spent like a few, like 15 minutes or so configuring my theme, and then I wanted to see it in action, and I realized that all the airports that I usually fly to, I have payware for that. You know, every major airport in European cities, and even non-major airports, I have payware for that. So I actually ended up almost, I've, I've actually almost never seen World, Worldwide Airports HD in action, which is a bit of a shame, really, because I believe it's a very nice package, but... I just I just had an idea. Tell me. No one's going to want to make it, because you're not really, you, there's only like a finite amount of time you can make money off of it, but... When I do scenery design in FSX, uh, Airport Design Editor is the program I use, and they have made it a lot easier to do custom ground polys lately, because before it was a real pain in the butt to do custom ground polygons. Now it's really easy with uh, the new stuff on Airport Design Editor. So I make a lot of scenery. Like I've only ever really released five of my sceneries for use, but I've done like hundreds across the area I live. And it's, you can do custom texturing, but that's really hard. So could somebody, Rex maybe, release a payware package with better textures that we could sort essentially use for Airport Design Editor's custom ground poly work, but let us distribute them. <laughs> like you can say, okay, great. If you want to use these textures in your scenery, buy this, but feel free to distribute them with the scenery. I would love that. Like, there's, I know you won't make a lot of money off that, so it's probably never going to get done. But, oh, God, would that be so nice. I mean, I would purchase something like that. That would be great. I mean, it's really something for scenery designers more than anybody, but... Because oh, the, the, the textures that come with Airport Design Editor work, but they're not the best. It would be nice to have some extra yeah. ones. I think most people now just use the custom ground polys to sort of accent the default stuff when they do... When they're doing sceneries, like mostly AFCAD or freeware scenery work, they're still using the default method of drawing taxi lines and stuff. Uh, because that's just easy. It's It works. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can use the custom ground polish to accent it with things like the default... That the default stuff won't do. So, like, default won't draw an apron limit line. But you can with the ground poly stuff. It's it would be nice. No one's gonna do it, but it would be nice. Maybe I should do it if I knew how to do texture stuff. But I'd release it as like freeware because I, I like free stuff. Or pay what you want. That's a good that's a bit that's a pricing model I'd love to see used more often in flight simming is pay what you want. You don't do it enough in gaming either. The the hum, we need a humble store for flight simming. That's what we need. We can get a humble flight sim bundle. <laughs> well, there's there's one thing that we have in flight simming. I mean, sometimes I have to say the prices for some airports or add-ons, sorry, are outrageous. Yes. I mean, I I pay as much for a single add-on as for an entire 
triple A title game sometimes. I'm not really sure where to go for a living. I mean, that that excuse to make a living fire right there. (laughs) (laughs) But what I was gonna say is, we do have arguably a lot more sales, though. I mean, there's there's on every major outlet there's a sale going on every week uh, and your favorite sceneries are probably going to be on sale at least one time in the year. there's like a crap ton of Steam sales every year. Yeah. There's usually at least one a week. But I mean, do you want to quantify like a Steam sale as one sale? Yeah, okay. Or one sale per distributor because like Origin's got its own stuff. Uh, I don't know. I don't ever run Uplay that god-awful software, but... I think they do stuff as well, plus the Humble Store and other outlets. Yeah, most of them are out around till next year. Like we just saw after Black Friday even over the my holidays, favorite, and then with a lot of these developers, you don't, don't see do another sale. Very sales very often. Just yeah. Yeah, I uh, don't know if they did, and they're one of my favorites. <laughs> did A two A do anything? I don't. I don't recall anything over the holidays. There you go. Yeah, because yeah, I would have liked to have picked up some things. I favorites. still don't have the Piper favorite, Cub. I want to get that. Uh, we're going to talk about this later, but I did a video things, that but... ranked Flight Sim Add-ons top released over ten years, and the A two A one eighty two was top five, if I remember correctly. Partly because, like, I think. Like the 182, it's like you can see a clear line of improvements throughout A2A's plane since the Cub. Like, there's clearly they're getting better and better at doing stuff. And it's like with the 182, they just top like perfect. I do recommend the the Cub. I like the Cub. Plus, like Heidi is awesome. Yeah, talking about talking yeah. about top add-ons, sceneries, whatever. Oh yeah, maybe, good segue. Yeah, I, I know, right? Yeah. Maybe uh, we should mention we do, to the though, people we have currently. We are running the FSL uh, 2016 user award. I want award. to see, like, since I'm going to let you two go because I'm going to do something slightly different. But what were your favorite flight sim, or hell, maybe non-flight sim related stuff? I don't really care. That came out of 2016. Like, it's been a it's been a crap year for the most part. But uh, what was your favorite stuff to come out of 2016? Well, well, that's, that's a very tough a question. <laughs> um, I can't really think of anything right away. There were a couple of really cool sceneries that were released this year. And then I'm talking about, I mean, let's just <laughs> focus on flight simulated stuff for a moment because otherwise it's going to get way too big, I think. But there were a couple of really cool sceneries. Um, most notably, the scenery that, that was released just just um, the last, two, last few weeks 2016, a flight Tampa Amsterdam. Really cool scenery. I can definitely recommend that. Uh, other than that, I'm not entirely entirely sure anymore. It's been I um the only one that comes to mind because this year I a lot of the sceneries and planes I picked up had already been out for a long time. But um uh Samos by 29 Palms that one came out and uh, I really enjoyed that one. I still enjoy flying that airport. That's the main, that's a main new one. Last week, it's a really, it's a really nice airport. Oh yeah, and the performance. I've never had a scenery perform as good as that one, and it's modeled so well. It kind of makes me wonder. Texture compression. These textures are so beautiful. How does this run 
so good compared to another scenery. That I, I know uh, something that was released early on in this year, I believe. That came out this the Majestic year. Majestic-8. It's an aircraft, and I've been I've been flying it so okay. much. It's I was about to say, like, an amazing wait a minute. Aircraft. Yeah, well, the, I could have uh, swore that it, came it out before, before, but the Pro but, but, but I knew it came out early. It's oh. like maybe it was 2016, uh, sorry, the, and I just I'm old. Yeah, the Pro edition. They yeah, had a good did, sale on one of those too. Pro edition was released in 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 early early 2016, if I'm correct. And, and I guess I'll just throw it out there: the the 717 um, that made it at the very end of the year, but it still counts as 2016. Yes, it still counts. Um, I really like that one. That was a big one that I picked up this year, I guess. Well, for me, I didn't really buy anything through 2016. So, uh, <laughs> but I did something on my YouTube channel where I thought since Flight Sim X is going the way of the dodo now. Everyone knows it. And I thought it would be fun throughout 10 years of FSX to take a look at all the add-ons ever made, both freeware and payware, and see how they rank up. What were the best add-ons ever made? So I did that. I have a video on my YouTube channel, which I'll link in the show notes. Uh, Top 20, I think, is what I did. Add-ons ever made. And some of the add-ons we talked about today are on there. Uh, I already said the 182 is top five, but without spoiling anything, because I want you to go watch it, uh, the top, the number one add-on was the only add-on to score perfect five across the board. Five out of five. Every single category. That's pretty good. That's very good. (laughs) That's like unheard of because I am really, really hard to please. Anyway, uh, yeah, we do have the, um, the thing with the, uh, what were, is there a name for this? Because I have it brought up on the website. 2016 FS Elite User Awards. And yes, that's the name for it. <laughs> Actually, it's the FS Elite 2016. Yeah, the other way around. Now, let's let uh, probably let Dan... You want to go down the uh, category list? Do you have that in the round? Yes, you? so what you can do is you can go over to our website. It's... It's incredibly hard to miss this 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 <laughs> particular contest because it's literally everywhere. But that's okay because we want you to vote. We want you to vote on on what you thought was the best add-on for 2016. And because there were so many add-ons this year and in so many different categories, we've split it up into a bunch of different categories. Eight from the top of my head. I'm not entirely sure. You can pick uh, your favorite aircraft of the year, your favorite scenery, utility. Your favorite aircraft developer, scenery developer, utility developer, your favorite publisher, and we've added an extra category, the most anticipated for 2017, so for this year. I'm not entirely sure until when the contest is going to run, but either way, uh, just go over to the website. Sorry? Oh, I was just going to say, I asked Jordan, and he said the results will be out later this month. No specific date, but just at the end of this month, they'll be out. Okay, so I can urge everyone, just go to our website and go vote on your favorite developers, uh, sceneries, whatever. Yep, and uh, we've been recording for a little, well, almost an hour now, so I think think that'll do it for this week. Uh, As we said last time, we will be taking questions from our listeners, but uh, with the way things worked out, we haven't really been able to pay attention if anyone else ask anything but we do have one question we want to get to which is uh this comes from os flight simmer on youtube and it's pretty simple rex soft clouds or active sky cloud art uh in what context 
<laughs> I think on realism of the clouds. Or like which one is better than the other? Rex isn't out yet, right? Rex Soft Clouds is out. And oh, sorry, Soft Clouds. I was confused is with Sky, the... Is Active Sky Cloud Art out, though? Yeah, that came yeah, out. It's been for uh, a long time. It came okay. out with 16 at the same time. Yes. Okay. Right, so I'm um, actually... I, I can... I, if, if I can give my opinion on this, I was using Rex Soft Clouds together with Active Sky 15, and then 16 came out, and I upgraded right away, and I got Aska as well. And I have to say, I got rid of my Rex Soft Clouds textures right away, and it looks amazing. It looks really amazing, and I haven't regretted a moment since. Aska has beautiful textures. It has the dynamic texture switching, which I really, really like because you can actually see the the, the sky color change while you're flying. You know, you can, you can the sky can start in a beautiful orange morning and can go over into a bright blue day and whatnot. All completely seamless. Uh, it's well, seamless? obviously, yeah, it's seamless. Oh, nice! Because I remember yeah. before it happens in like you can notice. Yes, a yes. little increment. before you would notice. Now you don't notice. It's very smooth. The transitions are very smooth and beautiful. It, it's it actually feels really immersive. Um, Active Sky adds on top of that with uh, with the uh, with the clouds. I'm not I'm not sure what it's called, but what you have with the textures that it seamlessly change changes. The same is with the clouds and the weather. So you can have uh, a, a huge storm front in front of you, right? And let's say that there has been uh, a data update and actually turns out that they've downloaded the new Matar and the storm front is actually a lot smaller or it's not there anymore. You see it very slowly just shrink or disappear, but very smooth and very, very dynamic and it's very beautiful. It's not suddenly your clouds are gone or something like that. Uh, so yeah, I have yeah. to say Aska and Active Sky 16 anytime over Rex Soft Clouds or any other texture pack package. Before you said this, I would have probably have said Soft Clouds because that's what I'm using right now with uh, Active Sky 16. And I just configured it to where my last flight, I thought the clouds looked really good. But hearing what you're saying about uh, Cloud Art, I hadn't heard that before. And uh sounds great. And I think it's on sale. They're having a really good sale right now. So I think I'll pick that up and dump. So I can definitely that. recommend it. It's it's very beautiful, very immersive, and it's very easy on your frames as well. It's actually okay. the performance is absolutely absolutely amazing. Really great. Huh. Well, I'm gonna tell a little story real quick. Um, I recently had the opportunity to really put. I use Active Sky Evolution, uh, which is ancient now, but uh, I don't really plan on. Since it was just FSX, I never really planned on upgrading because it's like you release a new Active Sky every two years. And at before Evolution, Hi-Fi sort of had a, a reputation of never really changing much between versions. Uh, but from what you're telling me now, it's like they've fixed a lot. But uh, I, I was able to put Active Sky Evolution through its a really good test recently. There was a front that came through my area, and it was a particularly fast-moving front. And I wanted to see, okay, let's see just how accurate the weather can be with Active Sky. So I said, this this front ran me over. And I sat there, all right, I'm going to put my aircraft at this airport, which is nearby. And I made sure it was an airport that has a weather station. So it could be as accurate as possible. And I walked outside and I just sort of, if you live in the U.S., we can get these frontal systems during the winter where it's like, the, it's 70 degrees, it's nice and warm outside, uh, you're in shorts and a tank top, and then this front comes through, and it's like the temperature just plummets instantly. 
And it goes from being 70 degrees to like 40 degrees in the span of a few minutes. It's very common in the U.S., especially in the southeast where I live in the winter. And there's rain usually. Now, this front was moving about 40 knots, which is really fast. So I knew this front would be able to get through between METAR updates. Unless they issued a speci METAR, like, it would roll through and just the weather would insta-change. And to my surprise, it handled it okay, but it did that instant changing. Like, you don't see the weather moving, it just sort of insta-changes. So, if you're, from what I'm understanding, it's like it does it more slowly in this one, correct? Well, more slowly? No, it's, it, it, it's not an insta-change, not slowly. It's, it's actually a dynamic change. And it's a very dynamic change, and, and it is noticeable if you really pay attention to it. But if you don't pay attention to it, it's just like the cloud front that was suddenly in front of you is slowly going to fade away a little bit and disappear a little bit. But also smooth that it's not, not really noticeable that much. See, I'm not, I don't really, I don't use either one of these programs. And the reason is, is like, I really don't care too much how the clouds look i care more about the weather accuracy like i care about how clouds look it's like do i see an anvil cloud where a thunderstorm should be or towering cumulus because i want to know okay i need to avoid that area or if i'm a glider pilot and i see building cumulus i want to know fly over there but that's what i'm looking for is i'm looking more for weather accuracy than actual look I so think that's that's just what active sky does I mean, Active Sky Cloud Art is really just a texture pack with dynamic textures and such, but uh, the yeah. engine behind it is just the Active Sky 16 itself. Yeah, like specifically, I would like to see weather, especially with the um, the uh, the uh, the new weather map thing on the not NOAA website, but the Aviation Weather website. So, specifically, their test bed website makes use of a map that actually maps out cloud positions now, as well as tops and stuff. Like, if if we could just get like a weather map system. And you can see weather real-time moving across the land like it does instead of just jumping like it does now. That's what I want. Okay, I was just going to say, because it does have a map, but it's not real-time and all that. It's, it's no, no, a little I'm bit not, with the frequency update. I'm not talking about like a map where you can see the weather. I'm talking like an internal, an internal map that the program uses to change the weather. Like You would not see it, but it uses it to know, okay, a grid system, for example, like weather is in this grid, so it should look that way in the sim. That's what I'm looking for. Because right, if I think, if I remember, I'm not too keen on how the weather engine works in FSX and Prepare3D, but it's sort of, METARs are really the only input it takes, which is a bit limiting, especially when you consider the different weather products out there now, uh, from METARs to uh, radar reports. I mean, they've always been there, but... Stuff like that. I would like to see a program that can sort of read a weather map from the internet and then place the weather in the sim accurately with data other than just METARs. Huh. That sounds like a, a technical challenge, but who knows? Yeah, you'd have to, <laughs> you would have to gut out the weather engine and replace it. There was um, a freeware weather add-on that kind of did this because uh, to install it, you had to replace the default weather stations file. So what I would imagine is, if I could imagine a way of doing it, it would be you'd have to make a new weather stations file that basically just had weather stations across in a grid. 
and the primary weather stations where you would be for airports to get METARs and whatnot. And the oh, program, the program would have to be really, really well programmed too, because you're you're asking basically a lot of logic commands from a program. Yeah. Which is a bit beyond some of the programming we see for weather add-ons. Yes. I mean, Active Sky yes, does the Active Sky does the advanced interpolation stuff. So it would definitely be a challenge for areas like where I live, where you're right smack dab in the middle of just this 200 square mile blank area of no METAR stations, and, it's yeah. just, and you just sort of you're you're guessing. Anyway, I think that should about do it for this week. Real quick. Before we go, uh, Dan, since you're new here, we always sort of... It, I don't know why we do this since all of our stuff's on FS Elite, but with um, me and Patrick being sort of kind of separate from FS Elite in a way, uh, we do say, where can you find other stuff that you do? So uh, is all your stuff on FS Elite, or do you have anywhere else where people can find your work? No, I'm, I'm just exclusively <laughs> on FS Elite, but I would definitely say go check out the Amsterdam review I did pretty recently. Uh, it's a great scenery, and we did a really detailed review on it, and it it's actually really, really cool scenery. So go check that out. Uh, other than that, go check out the awards that I was talking about earlier. What I forgot to mention, by the way, is if you enter in the awards, you get entered into a competition to win something. I'm not entirely sure what, but I mean, that's just one reason more to enter enter the competition. Other than that, just, yeah, just keep checking FS Elite, and you'll see my articles every now and then. He's the newsboy. Uh, what about you, Patrick? <laughs> uh, where do you, where can people find your stuff if they want more? Um, my YouTube channel, the Flight Sim Deck. I uh, have all that stuff there. I have an Instagram under that same name. I also have a website, flightsimdeck.com. And uh, to the Amsterdam thing, um, uh, Dan, you should... Uh, we don't have to, but uh, after the 717 review is done, maybe you could narrate that review and then I can turn that into a video review because that sounds like a pretty cool airport to showcase. Yeah, we can definitely uh, work on something like that. Sounds cool. Okay, yeah, I'll be in touch about that. But um, yeah, that's it for me. What about you, Tim? Uh, for me, uh, obviously FS Elite, but you can also find my work, uh, mostly video stuff, on YouTube, uh, Country Flyboy is my YouTube name, and you can follow me on Twitter if you want to stay really up to date with everything I do, because I will tweet essentially everything I do on my Twitter, which is also at Country underscore Flyboy. So that is probably the best way to know what I'm doing. So, and also yeah. subscribe to the FS Elite YouTube channel, where uh, of course a lot of great stuff is going to happen. This podcast will be up there, um, as well as our video reviews and things of that such, and I think we'll be adding even more content this year. We have some more ideas for that. Cool. Definitely, yes. All right, so, well, that has been this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. See ya. See ya.